Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Who is to blame in Dallas? The Chiefs did exactly what we expected them to do. Plus, who impressed the most this wildcard weekend? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Dallas Cowboys fell to the San Francisco 49ers 23-17 on Sunday, and there will be takes. Joining me now from Locked On Cowboys, it's Landon McCool. Landon, this is a game that the, the Cowboys were favored coming in, although there was a lot of money on the 49ers side in, in a game that people really liked the matchup for San Francisco. Yeah. And yet the Cowboys were not able to get it done. What was the driving factor that went wrong in this game for Dallas? Continued disjointedness, if that's a word, uh, uh, sloppiness, it certainly is a word uh, on offense. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think everybody expected that, that the defense would probably struggle early because Shanahan is just so incredible at his game scripts and, and, and the mismatch of, of, of the run game versus the Cowboys run defense. But I think the idea was that, that eventually they would settle into a groove and be able to get some stops, and they did. Uh, but but the offense was given many opportunities to to uh, uh, and sometimes by Shanahan himself, uh, get, given many opportunities to kind of pull this game out and, and late late in the game, uh, and they couldn't pull it off. And and you know I think it it kind of was endemic of a lot of what we saw over the, frankly the last month and a half of the Cowboys offense, uh, just just not looking in sync, not able to get the ball to their playmakers. Uh, not able to uh, to to get it done when it, when it was when it was against a difficult opponent and it was uh, it was time to, to to get it done. Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore they're going to be the topic of a lot of conversations coming up here. Mike McCarthy already has the should the Cowboys move on uh, narrative going, and Kellen Moore was a hot coaching candidate. Suddenly, could have you know heels <clears throat> cooled on that one. Who who ultimately is most responsible for all this, and and what do you think the future of those guys will be this offseason? Well, I mean, honestly, I've yeah, I've heard the same rumors that you've had that you have as as uh, Mike McCarthy's job may be not as safe as everyone assumes if he lost this game, and especially in a manner that they did lose the game. Um, uh, but I mean that that all kind of was under the premise of the fact that they were going to hand it, turn around and hand it to Kellen Moore because they didn't want to lose him but frankly after watching this game and obviously pretty raw still from watching the game <laughs> you can have them both if you want i mean if, if this is how they're going to call the football game but if they're not going to make any kind of adjustments you know the, just there was just frankly just a lack of urgency in the offensive play calling this in, in a playoff game in which you're favored to win and you know that your your defense is going to struggle to run the football they should have been attacking uh, san francisco's weak uh, secondary much earlier than they did. They should have been playing with much quicker pace than they did. And I think a lot of people pointed that out or, you know, all throughout the week. And it, 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 for a team that talked about having game-specific game plans, it just felt like they rolled out the same kind of generic game plan that they've been rolling out for the last you know, seemingly month and a half. Quickly here, the, the final play of the game, which the Cowboys apparently did not think would be the final plays, uh, a play of the game. What is going through your head as you're watching what, what is <laughs> unfolding there? I can't believe that the ump was going to interfere with the snap 
a second time in the game. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but earlier in the game, they got a delay of yep. the game where, I mean, they up was just holding on to the ball for like, I was watching the clock tick down. This time he decided, I guess, to tackle Dak on his way to uh, <clears throat> going to set the ball. I, I mean, I, I sat there and watched it with my mouth agape that they decided to just allow that to be the end of the game, despite the fact that the refs kind of clearly had influence over at least allowing one second to be left in the clock. Not that the Cowboys necessarily had a chance. They didn't show any kind of like <laughs> real chance of, of, of ultimately scoring that, that touchdown, but they had the opportunity in one second, one play may have been made the difference. Uh, I, we don't know, but it was, uh, it was just a very ultimately deflating way to end the football season to say the very least. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, the Chiefs did exactly what we expected them to do. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Nobody in history had ever sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game. The Bengals' last playoff win was in 1991. The first text message sent in 1992. That all changed on Saturday. The Cincinnati Bengals have broken their playoff drought. I'm Jake Lisko from the Locked On Bengals podcast. And with a 26-19 win over the Las Vegas Raiders, the Cincinnati Bengals, led by former first-round pick Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, have broken, whether it's the curse of Bo Jackson or just a 31-year playoff drought since the Raiders beat the Bengals in 1991 one of the longest playoff droughts in the history of professional sports and the longest running playoff drought in professional football. A big win for the city of Cincinnati, a big game for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. The Raiders did not have an answer in the first half and the offensive line for the Bengals held up well enough for the Bengals to go wire to wire in this one with the lead. Some injuries on the defensive side of the ball were not enough for the Raiders to come back and without a vertical passing game from Derek Carr and the Raiders and a game script in the Bengals' favor, things went the Bengals' way and the city of Cincinnati gets to celebrate. I have a feeling Joe Burrow sent more than one. The Chiefs put on a show Sunday night, but Saturday, that belonged to the Buffalo Bills. I'm Joe Marino, host of the Locked On Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the biggest takeaway from the Bills' 47-17 win over the New England Patriots is that they're capable of being the most dominant football team in the NFL. The Bills finished the season amid a four-game win streak, and they're peaking at the right time. Josh Allen with one of the greatest playoff performances in the history of the NFL. Five touchdown passes, 21 of 25. The guy had more passing touchdowns than he did incompletions. Don't forget about 66 rushing yards. Devin Singletary continues to be the focal point of the rushing attack that has really turned the corner for this Bills football team behind the number one defense in the NFL. The Bills are playing good football. They just dismantled the New England Patriots. Seven offensive drives, seven touchdowns. The Bills are a force to be reckoned with in the AFC playoffs. We have the first ever Monday night football wildcard game between the Cardinals and Rams. What can Arizona do to pull off the upset? Fifth-seeded Arizona Cardinals take on the fourth-seeded L.A. Rams for their third matchup of the 2021 campaign. The first Monday night football playoff game goes down Super Cut wildcard weekend, and it's a grudge match. Alex Clancy, 1-1. One one. Arizona Cardinals took the week four game. They won handily, and then they were 
beaten down by the Rams on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago. When you look at what the biggest key to victory is for the Arizona Cardinals to win this game, survive in advance, what is it? Protect Kyler Murray. I know this is an oldie but a goodie, I guess you could say. I mean, he's been sacked seven times in two games the Cardinals have played against the Rams this year, four in the loss, three in the win. Um, if Aaron Donald is in Kyler Murray's kitchen all night, Cardinals really don't have much of a chance. Like, you're going to have Kyler Murray's ability to run or, you know, to use his legs, to extend plays. Once again, Kyle, the best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals have is Kyler Murray's legs. But still, if Aaron Donald, Von Miller, etc., are in the backfield a lot, you know, having tea parties with Kyler Murray, Cardinals ain't going to win. Yeah, if Aaron Donald's name is set on the broadcast, the Manning cast, whatever it may be, Monday night, more than Kyler Murray's name, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals are in big-time trouble. And big news from the NBA over the weekend. Saturday night, Kevin Durant went down with a knee injury and everyone held their collective breath. After the Nets diagnosed Durant with a sprained MCL on his left knee, the franchise expects a four to six week rehab before his return. Durant underwent imaging on Sunday and a realistic benchmark for Durant could be to return following the All-Star break February 18th to the 23rd. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. There's more wild card games on the docket. The first Monday night football in wild card history. The betonline.ag line for this game has LA giving four. The second round gets kicked off next weekend. The Green Bay Packers host the San Francisco 49ers. The betonline.ag line is Green Bay minus four and a half. The two teams that each... Had huge blowouts in wildcard weekend. The Chiefs and the Bills will face off in Kansas City. The betonline.ag line for this game is KC only giving two and a half. Juicy. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. You guys are never going to believe this. The Kansas City Chiefs turns out really good. Patrick Mahomes turns out really good. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 42 to 21. Joining me now from Locked on Chiefs, it's Chris Clark. And Chris, Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns in this game. It was a game that, that the Chiefs felt like they were toying with the Steelers a little bit. Travis Kelsey throws a touchdown pass in this game. But the Steelers, no one really thought they had a chance in this game. So what did we ultimately really learn about Kansas City? You know, I think what you're ultimately learning about Kansas City is they've gotten to a point now where they have so many different ways they can score. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw a deep pass to Hill that was a touchdown. But other than that, they basically methodically moved the ball down the field most of the game. Uh, and it wasn't just through the air. It was also running the ball. Jared McKinnon ran very well uh, throughout the night. So I think that that's what you saw. I, I'm not going to lie. It was a little concerning to see how the game started and to see the turnovers. Uh, but when you're able to overcome them like they did, you know, and when you're able to score as many points as they are and when the, you can get your offense rolling like they did, I think you're going to be in great shape because I like the Buffalo Bills. I think they're a great team, but they don't have the same pass rush that the Pittsburgh Steelers do. 18 touches for over 140 yards for Jarek McKinnon uh, had the receiving touchdown as well. This is a team that has been dying for someone anyone at the running back position to step forward. And it seems like game to game, it could be one of any number of guys 
how big of an X factor would it be for this Chiefs offense if they were getting this kind of play for Jerick McKinnon? I think it's huge. Uh, I think, you know, Clyde has played pretty good most time, most of the times he's played, but he hasn't been a superstar like you were hoping that he would be. So I think that that's something, uh, and he's been hurt. So, uh, you know, that's something else. Uh, Darrell Williams, you know, with the fumble in this game really hurt them. And I understand, uh, you know, he got a handoff from somebody he's not used to getting a handoff from, but you got to hold on to the ball. You can't turn the ball over in a playoff game and Kansas City did it twice and they were able to get one back. So that helped, but you know, you're in a situation where, if you have a running back like McKinnon and you already have Tyreek Hill and you have Travis Kelsey, those are three weapons that you can rely on. And you have guys like Hardman who has stepped up. Pringle has stepped up. Robinson at times stepped up. And then you saw McKinnon getting swing passes and getting 15 yards on a catch because nobody's around him because they're afraid of getting burnt deep by Hardman or Hill. Any concern over what we saw defensively because it seemed like Pittsburgh would, was not going to be able to to score offensively. They get some second half points or is this just like it was game was out of hand. Like who cares? <laughs> I, I think there's a little concern, but what I will say is on the first drive, the Pittsburgh scored on offensively. Chris Jones got hurt early in the drive and he was out the entire drive. Uh, he is the cog that makes this defense work so well when he's getting all of his interior pressure. So I think that really kind of threw them off defensively. Uh, and at that point, I believe the game was 28 to seven. Uh, so you're really starting to play prevent and not really caring as long as you're not getting burnt deep. Um, you would like to not give up the points. Don't get me wrong. I get that. But at the same time, it's one of those situations where, you know, they're getting paid to make plays too. Ben had a couple of throws that uh, were fantastic. He had a wide receiver. He had two catches by Washington that were absolutely amazing catches, I think, mm-hmm. uh, where Washington just wouldn't made a play. Uh, DB was in great coverage. He had a hand there, was right where you'd want him to be. But Washington just made a, made a better play. It happens. Coming up, who impressed the most this wild card weekend? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthy, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the protein bar you actually want to eat. I had one today. I did before I worked out. I had one. I needed a little jolt. I needed a little something in my stomach. I don't know about you, but that's what I need in my stomach. I need need to have something. Some people like to work out hungry. I never understood it. I'm the exact opposite. I don't want to work out full, but I don't want to work out hungry. I want to work out satisfied, satiated, and then work up an appetite and go eat again, usually. We've got new opportunities for you to try all kinds of great flavors at Built Bar. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and a promo code. Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. At built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Super Wild Card Weekend, not yet over the Rams and the Cardinals to face off on Monday night, but we had a full weekend of games. Joining me now, host of Locked On NFL on Mondays and host of Locked On Cardinals. So the perfect person to bring on for this discussion, Bo Brock. Bo, we had a couple beatdowns over the weekend 
So as you look around this wild card field, the teams that played this past weekend, and let's include your team and the Rams, which of these teams do you think has the best chance to raise the Lombardi trophy at the end of the season? Wow, that's a tough one. I think it, both of them are coming out of the AFC, at least who looked the most impressive. It was the Bills Saturday night just uh, steamrolling the Patriots. I mean, that was it. That was just disgusting what they did to Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, and then and the how, you hate how to see it. <laughs> yeah, I hate to see it. Exactly. And then the Chiefs, how they finished that game, what, six straight scores for themselves. Uh, you know, and we know what Patrick Mahomes can do and has done it. And he's been in the in the Super Bowl the last two years, probably make it three. I, I was very impressed by them. I, I can't really get a good gauge on where Tampa Bay is after Philly. Philly is probably next to Pittsburgh, one of the worst playoff teams. And uh, they just made quick work of them. And you don't know how much they're going to miss a couple of those pieces on offense going forward. But I really liked what, and was impressed by the Bills and the Chiefs after this weekend. How much do you think we really we really learned about some of these teams? I mean, the the Eagles you mentioned, not a very good team. The Steelers, not a very good team. Um, the Bengals played a Raiders team that that you know probably in another season would not have been in the playoffs or probably could have tied their way into the playoffs. Uh, to me, I, I look at this and I go, I don't know. Everyone seems to be who we thought they were coming in. Yeah. There, there was really no big surprises. You know, the 49ers, a lot of people was like the worst kept secret. A lot of people <laughs> saw that happening. Right. It was, I mean, and they played their game plan to perfectly and, and they won a tight contest, which was a odd finish. But uh, I think the Bengals, you have to be encouraged because they didn't play a great game. They, they played very poorly. Yeah. And I liked what I heard from the post game from Joe Burrow, his teammate, Zach Taylor. Uh, a lot of feel good there. First playoff win in 31 years. But they obviously weren't content with how things went. And they want to be better the next time uh, they take the gridiron. And I think that they will be very impressed. I mean, Joe Burrow's already done what Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson couldn't do and what Andy Dalton, A.J. Green couldn't do. And it was his first go around and he's not satisfied. And I like it. He's, he's a very confident kid. And I expect him to play a little bit better, that whole group to play a little bit better in the next round. What are the chances? I'm going to let you put your Cardinals hat back on. What are the chances that the winner of the Monday night game is able to put together potentially multi-wins, uh, a multi-win playoff season for them this year? Yeah, I mean, both teams have been very streaky, absolutely. And uh, I mean, could could they win four games in a row against you know the top tier opponents? I think that's the biggest question for both those squads. Uh, I could see them playing in LA though in the final game of the season. But uh, the Arizona Cardinals, man, they have they, they have to buck a serious trend. They've dropped four to the last five, and uh, Matthew Stafford on the other side of things has to buck a serious trend. The the Rams have won in spite of Matthew Stafford nine turnovers in his last four games. And we know these 0-3 in the playoffs. So there's not a lot of success from either of those teams. So probably very uh, big long shot for both of those squads. Very top-heavy rosters. And uh, I, I'd say long shot at, the, at best. And finally, Novak Djokovic arrived early Monday in Dubai after his deportation from Australia over his COVID-19 vaccination requirements ended the number one ranked men's tennis player's hopes of defending his Australian Open title. Djokovic visa was initially canceled on January 6th by a border official who decided he didn't qualify for a medical exemption from Australia's rules for unvaccinated visitors. He was exempted from the tournament's vaccine rules because he had been infected with the virus within the previous six months. 
He won an appeal to stay for the tournament, but Australia's immigration minister later revoked his visa. Three federal court of Australia judges decided unanimously Sunday to reaffirm the immigration minister's right to cancel Djokovic's visa. And as of now, he is banned for coming back to Australia for three years, which has serious implications for his chase at the all-time Grand Slam title. Coming up Tuesday, will the Rams keep their hopes of playing at home for the Super Bowl alive? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.